Before we start the show, many of you know I'm an immigrant from Russia with family in both Russia and Ukraine. The invasion of Ukraine is absolutely devastating, creating millions of refugees, thousands of displaced families, and violence not seen since World War II. Please take a moment and educate yourself about the events unfolding in Ukraine and keep your hearts and minds with the Ukrainian people as they fight for their freedom. Whether it's Google or YouTube or you know, things that just didn't exist when we were younger on how to learn new things. And I think also not being so intimidated by that and saying, hey, I don't know this, but I'm going to look into it and figure it out. And asking questions is great, but you don't always have people to ask those questions too. So taking it upon yourself to teach yourself, to expand your mind is something I know that has helped me both personally and professionally. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsev. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Holly Freeman, Executive Director of Cityscape, a 501c3 nonprofit organization working to preserve and enhance the historic downtown of Cookville, Tennessee. Today we're talking about the power of time, space, opportunity, and how to open your heart and mind to growth. Holly, tell us a bit more about your professional journey and how you started working with Cityscape. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Costa, for having having me. I'm so happy to be with you. A little bit about my professional journey and especially how it relates to Cityscape now. We're all about creating this beautiful space for the people of Cookville to enjoy. So I think it's important that people know that I am a hometown girl. I grew up here in Cookville. Both of my parents and their sides of the family have been here for generations. And so even growing up, getting involved in your community was always something that my parents tried to instill in me. Hey, you need to play a sport and learn how to work with others and teamwork or join a club, volunteer, and help other people that way. I don't think they intended for me to pick all the clubs and all the sports, (laughs) but graduated high school from CHS here in Cookville and moved to Nashville. At the time, I wanted to study broadcast journalism, mass communications, thought I was going to be the next Katie Couric with breaking news, you know, on your TV, and was looking for an internship, fulfill that credit. And just by complete coincidence or fate or a God thing, I sat next to a girl who had an internship that she couldn't keep a hold of, basically, and said, hey, I got to find a replacement before I can leave. Would you be interested in talking to this lady? And I said, well, go ahead, you know, tell me, I I need an internship. What does she do? She said, well, I don't know exactly, but she does something with country music and maybe an award show. And by that point, I already was getting out my pen ready to write down. I mean, that sounded exactly what I was looking for. I had this wonderful internship. She turned into this mentor of mine and she did brand marketing and sponsorship for the Academy of Country Music awards. Wow. She had a background in broadcast communications, but had shaped this career for herself in creative branding and marketing and partnerships. And so that was really my first kind of eye-opening experience of, hey, there are other jobs out there that I may not be aware of or that I haven't considered before. So I was able to work on this live network broadcast as an intern. When my peers were working at the local radio station, I was working with Dick Clark Productions, you know, and CBS and just a really elevated experience that I'm so thankful for, all because the neighbor next to me in my English class, you know, had something else she wanted to do. And so that got me started down this path. I have an intern right now that I'm working with, and I say every experience that I've had thus far has been because of this first experience.
experience. It's been a domino effect of things I've learned. So growing up in Cookville, what type of inflection point occurred in your life that gave you this can-do attitude where you don't shy away from opportunities? You know, you just kind of go out there and you grab them and say, I'm going to do this. Is there something that happened in your life that contributed to it? Well, I think uh, in general, my parents were always very supportive and never had a thought that I couldn't do something and provided me the way to make that happen, whether that was driving me to all of those practices at numerous hours of the morning. At one point when I was in high school, I was waking up at five and playing nine holes of golf and then going to swim practice. And this was all before I had my own vehicle and could drive. So it takes (laughs) people, no, honestly though, but it takes people in your life who are willing to support you. So I was grateful, but um, I just really have always been pretty curious and uh, wanted to learn new things and just really been encouraged to kind of lean into that, I think. You spent, was it 10 years in Nashville, I believe? It was almost 15. So yeah. 15 years. Well, and that counts school, but yes, um, about 15 years. So from that entire experience, what did you learn or what type of nuggets can you share with the audience about that time? Yeah. So I worked for my mentor at the Academy of Country Music for nine years, seasonally, pretty much. Worked at the Grand Ole Opry in marketing, the Country Music Hall of Fame in development, the country radio seminar. So I had all of these really wonderful experiences and some of them were nonprofits and fundraising. So you're looking at creating amazing projects, whether it was a exhibit on Reba McIntyre and they said, Hey Holly, you know, we need money for this exhibit. We need money to market it. See if there's anybody that wants to go and get involved and share this experience with us. But something that I actually was talking to a peer last week about was when you're in Nashville, I know Costa, you've been there too, but whether you're in music or not, it just seems like to be in that space, you've got to have passion and determination to succeed. It would to mm-hmm. even exist, really. Right. And especially in music, you know, you're working with people, that's their dream. And that's their whole life goal is to move to Nashville and be a songwriter or even just be in that space and be creative. And so I think that helped me fuel my determination mm-hmm. a, a little bit that was already pretty prevalent. But you're working with people who are along the same mindset as you and have a can-do attitude. So whether it's, hey, we really need to preserve this history of country music or we really need to get this artist out there. They're really special. People need to hear them. You have kind of this can-do attitude surrounding you. And so I think coming back to Cookville and being in the role that I am now at Cityscape, we're surrounded by people who are excited about downtown that want to preserve its history and want to see what the next 10 20 years is going to look like for our community. You talked about a can-do attitude. You talked about having passion and growth. And I want to focus on that last part. What does creating space for growth mean to you? I think first and foremost, your willingness to learn new things is very important. Staying curious and always expanding your own skills is something that has served me well. I know when I was younger, we didn't know as much as we did now, but the resources are out there and available, whether it's Google or YouTube or things that just didn't exist when we were younger on how to learn new things. And I think also not being so intimidated by that and saying, hey, I don't know this, but I'm going to look into it and figure it out. And asking questions is great, but you don't always have people to ask those questions too. So taking it upon yourself to teach yourself to expand your mind is something I know that has helped me both personally and professionally in growth. So some people would consider it fear, but what do you think is the biggest obstacle 
for most people when it comes to creating this space? For me, personally, I think overscheduling is just so detrimental and mm-hmm. it's so easy to do. You can let other people take your time. We're so busy. We have so much to do. You're a business owner. You know, you, there's always things that have to get done. And so creating time, even on your calendar, is important and blocking out personal time, blocking out space for your family or for yourself, or even just saying, hey, I'm going to invest in a, an online class that I can learn something different. So I think overscheduling which also kind of goes hand in hand with maybe saying no sometimes. The people pleaser in me wants to say yes all the time to everything, and it's not always the best thing. And so uh, kind of being a little bit more protective of your time has been something I personally have tried to do a better job of. You know, the uh, people pleaser part, it's like you're scared because you think that you're going to miss out on an opportunity. You know, like if you say no to going to this event at the chamber or, you know, wine on the West Side, you're going to miss that opportunity of seeing that person there that can kind of give you the inroads to the next chapter of your life. I think it's maybe a little bit of FOMO. I know you talked a little bit about our generation. We have some terrible FOMO. Oh, yes. I mean, literally, I don't know if it's just because we grew up in the age of the internet. And so the world was just exploding around us. And it wasn't just like a small world anymore. It was this huge, big world in a small environment, right? And so I have to say that time management and just being present is probably some of the hardest things when it comes to being a young professional. Absolutely. You think about time management. Again, I will admit I am still working on being better at that all of the time. We were talking a little bit about this before we even pressed record, but there is 80 plus hours of work that any one person could do in a week. It's not healthy to run at that rate at all times. There are times we have to push through and get on the other side of a project or or meet a deadline, but it's just not healthy to do that. And I feel that as a one woman team, there are always things that need to be done. So especially being protective of that time and managing your time well, you know, I can't afford to waste a whole lot of time. So it's a balance all the time and I haven't perfected it yet. So (laughs) if you had the ability to hire an unlimited amount of employees for Cityscape, how many people do you think you'd have to hire to do what you do? Oh, ideally, and and the board and I have had this conversation, the direction that we're growing, um, you know, and we haven't even gotten to the Main Street program yet, but our program could easily support four or five people full time if that's what we could scale um, financially and support. We can talk about Main Street. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into that right now, but the different type of jobs, we focus primarily on promoting our downtown and we can do that through marketing marketing, social media, communications. We also have really ambitious design goals that we want to get into and working with the city and county on design projects and improvement projects. That could be a whole nother role. We do a lot of events. We could have an event manager. We need a membership and fundraising person, you know, as a nonprofit. So there are several things that all are on my shoulders right now under one umbrella that could be scaled when the right time comes. Yeah. And so you do all of those things yourself and an intern. Yes. (laughs) She has about five hours a week that she gives me and and I'm happy to do that. And honestly, she's doing a great job and a great help, but it's just as beneficial for her, you know, to be there and to be in a professional environment. And that takes five hours of my time to to train her and to be with her. But that's important as well, you know, bringing up the next generation. Well, and a perfect segue into the next question. I mean, what is your greatest goal for the next year professionally 
and personally, but more importantly, how do you design checkpoints and metrics to guide you along the way? Yes. And that second part is the interesting one. Well, and so a little bit of background for those listening who may not be familiar with Cityscape. It is Cookville's Main Street program, and we've been around since 1991. So we're 31 years old. And uh, it's all about historic preservation-based economic development in our downtown district. So in Cookville, we have our historic square, and we call it the West Side around the depot. And Cityscape, that's our entire footprint. It's larger than most downtowns in Tennessee. We are one of about 39 in the state and one of about 1,600 nationwide. So there is a proven roadmap for downtown revitalization success that we follow. Four points design, promotion, organization, and economic vitality. So we work really hard to encompass those four areas. So if you have been noticing, nonprofits have really been struggling the past two years. We have not been able to do our main fundraiser, Taste of the Town, which is really vital for our operational support. And so we've been running on about 45% of our operational support for the past two years. Wow. Which is really something to yeah, still be, be here you know, after that. So base one professional goal is to get us back on track. We are planning to do our full roster of events and programs this year. We also are one of the only programs in Tennessee that has an independent facade and awning grant program that we fund ourselves. Some other programs depend on outward funding to be able to provide that to the community. And historically, we've been able to do that. So over $55,000 we've put back into the hands of business owners so they can help revitalize their space, keep it looking good, increase curb appeal, attract quality businesses. And so we want to be able to continue to do that and possibly raise that percentage that we are able to partner with those business owners. First and foremost, we got to get back on track and we are slated to do that. Because you know, there was COVID, you couldn't have those events. And now that, you know, I think we're on the decline. Oh, let's hope. I'm knocking on wood here. Let's let's hope. Yes. Knock on wood. If we're on the decline, then you're going to be able to have those events. You're going to be able to raise the amount of money that you bring in and hire more people. You can hire that event coordinator and the membership coordinator and everything that you need to give yourself some more time to focus maybe on other projects. Yes. Well, and that other, you know, you talked about personally as well. And I feel like we're one and the same. Our profession and personal life are so intertwined. And I'm grateful for that because I've always been able to work and live my passion. So for me personally to feel fulfilled myself, I've got to be able to try new things in my professional role. I'm not okay with just doing what we've always done. I'm going to need to see some design projects rolling out with some tangible goals and results. I'm going to need to work with small business owners on new initiatives and all these things that are on our long wish list. I'm going to need some movement on that for myself to feel personally fulfilled in my job and for the business as well, for our organization. That's what we're created to do. And so, like I said, we know where we need to start. We know where we need to rise from, but we have a three-year, five-year long Uh, strategic work plan that we're going to be really ambitious about. This mission-driven approach that you have, do you think that your mentor in Nashville kind of instilled this? Or were there other people along the way? Because it just seems like, come hell or high water, you're going to achieve your goals, whatever it takes. So talk a little bit about that. Where did you get that attitude from? Oh, goodness. Like I said, I think it comes from probably a couple different places. My parents, again, were wonderful support systems, gave me what I needed to pursue what I was interested in. Uh, And then I know we're talking about some people that make us better and encourage us, but I think you need a personal 
person. For me, that was my husband, and we've been married six years, and he's so supportive of everything that we do. Our board president last year actually gave him an award at our presentation uh, because he was like, hey, we don't hire you. You don't get paid, but you're right there working alongside your wife no matter what. So uh, I was so glad that they recognized him in that way because he contributes a lot and supports personally that way, too. But I also think you need, uh, whether it is a mentor or a group of friends that you can talk professionally to, so that isn't completely on your partner. I know that's the case for us, and I've had to recognize that, that it's not his job to listen to me talk about my work all the time as well. So you need a little bit of both to encourage you to be better. Every time that I listen to the news, I hear people quitting their jobs because they need more flexibility, better work-life balance. But I come from kind of the same vein that you do, which is we've got goals that we're trying to achieve. We've got objectives that we're trying to meet. And that flexibility is great, but we can do that later, right? So roughly four and a half million people in the United States voluntarily left their jobs in November of 2021. Do you think that this has anything to do with creating space for opportunity professionally? And what advice do you have for someone that feels unmotivated in their current situation? This trend, uh, I know you said November 21, but we were seeing a little bit of it even at the beginning of COVID. It came down from the Main Street organization and the National Main Street saying, hey, you know, a lot of people are interested in moving towards their passion. Maybe they want to open that pottery shop they've always been thinking about. Maybe they want to go back to school. Maybe they want to pursue other things. And so they've always told us that Cookville is a great place to do that. Not only our you know, proximity to Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, but we've got a university here. Our cost of living is affordable. And so if you want to pursue these other things, Cookville is a great place to do that. And we've been seeing that. So I think people across America are looking for looking for a change, looking for a way to pursue that passion in a way that provides them some growth and some flexibility as well. But you ask, you know, what advice do I have for someone that feels trapped or unmotivated? You know, I've listed two times here that I have kind of shifted my perspective and it is really just kind of recognizing those things that come along that this may not fit my plan on paper, but I'm interested in this. And for some reason, I'm being pulled towards this opportunity. And so creating that awareness of this may not be what I planned for, but let's let's try it and see where it goes. Listen to your instincts, I would say. And if that is starting a new project or changing roles or going back to school, you have those decisions in front of you to make. I think you said it perfectly when you said, listen to your instincts. What happened during the time of COVID was people got time to reflect and to look at their surroundings and say, am I happy? Is this what I want? Or can I be a better family man or woman? Can I be a better friend? Can I be more successful, not just from a financial standpoint, but also internally? I think that's a huge contributor to where we're going in terms of the future of work. But I have to ask, you've accomplished so many great things since you've been here in Cookville and working with Cityscape. So as a community, what growth and opportunity are you trying to cultivate with Cityscape? Well, Cityscape started in 91 as really a preservation 
Foundation. You know, they had a $500,000 streetscape project that was their first initiative, creating that infrastructure and preserving it. And since then, over 30 years, downtown Cookville has done really well. We've got great business owners as well. You know, we're a small organization and we can kind of be the catalyst for that, but it's the property owners and business owners that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, whether they're renovating their spaces, they're kicking butt downtown every day with their businesses and taking a chance on their dreams. So I've got to give it to them. They're creating this wonderful, vibrant downtown that we have. But I'd love to see Cityscape get back to the core of, yes, we're going to promote downtown, but we also need to do our part in making it look great. You know, I mentioned that laundry list of projects that we have. So I'd love to see us invest in some banners and flowers and things that make it feel even more welcoming than it already is. So got to have funding to do that. Got to work on that. But we do have a long list of projects that we'd love to see. And then we talked a little bit about the business owners, but business mix downtown. We want to be sure that we don't have 20 of the same thing in one place. We want people to have a great opportunity to have their business, to feel like they're in this community, that there's lots to offer. And so I think we love to get into business recruitment a little bit as well, working with property owners that may be having a hard time renting their spaces for whatever reason and helping them. We've got a great board with amazing talents. So I know once we get past these initial challenges and back on our feet after COVID, we'll be able to dive into things like that. What are the dream businesses that you're looking for? In general, you know, uh, we do really well with restaurants and retail. Um, We've had coffee shops and breweries come in. We were talking before, we're seeing new additions to the residential side as well. The Tennessee State Main Street put together a survey before COVID and asked people, would you ride your bike to downtown? Would you live downtown if you had the opportunity? If you travel to another town like Cookville, where do you want to stay? Of course, they want to stay in the historic district. So if we can have more residential units uh, available to people, that's only going to increase our visitorship downtown. I love that. And also what I heard was that they're extending the Greenway to West End Park. So people now will be walking through practically all of downtown. Yes. So I think that that's excellent. So now that we've already clarified that you work 168 hours a week, I mean, all things considered, if you had an extra day in the week professionally and personally, how would you spend it? Napping? No, 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 no. Um, I, you know, we talked about social media. That's something that is constantly changing. And I am curious about and I want to do a better job. And I see all these people that are like, spend a day and plan your social media for the week. I'm like, oh, man, I should do that. But something like that, I think to really plan ahead and just to get a head start on what's coming would be something that I would be interested in, especially if it's something, like I mentioned, that I I don't know very much about right now, but I'm very interested in learning so I can accomplish something off my checklist and also continue to stretch those brain muscles and uh, continue to expand my personal growth as well. Where do you see yourself in five years? That's not on the list, Costa. (laughs) I know, I know, but I'm just, I'm trying (laughs) to get to it in terms of what is motivating you. Like there's an ultimate goal that you want. So what's that ultimate goal that you have? Like I said, I moved back to Cookville. I don't know if we touched on this, but my husband and I wanted the lifestyle that Cookville has here. My family's here. We have a two-year-old who is loving life. 
uh, with his grandparents and cousins. And I'm so thankful that I have found a role at Cityscape that allows me to connect my love for this community and my passion and really is just sky's the limit for growth downtown. We're seeing so many new people move into the area and I have no problem being their welcome wagon and telling them why Cookville is such a great place to be. There are some bigger development projects as Cookville continues to grow that downtown could potentially be a part of. And so those type of things get me really excited. We talk to our partners at the city and the county, even at the hospital and the medical center, when they're looking to showcase the very best of our area, we love the interstate, but they're going to bring them downtown and they want to show them what's unique to Cookville and what is special about this place. And so I get excited about being in the mix of all of that happening and uh, being back home and honestly making a place that my son can enjoy just like I did. I love that. So we always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together? Absolutely. I think going back, I love my husband so very much and he is a true partner in working alongside me and supporting me. He's a stellar dad and just got super lucky when I found him. But professionally, I need somebody else. He doesn't want to hear me talk about work all the time. He needs a break too. So I do have a handful of girlfriends in Nashville that have a similar background. We work together at the museum and every now and then we need to powwow and we can vent, we can brainstorm, we can cry, we can hug. And like I said, I think it's important to have that balance of your personal people and your professional people so that neither one of them feel the burden of the other. They all have to be there in your life. And I encourage you to find those people that can truly make you feel fulfilled. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafontiv. If you've enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Better Together with Costa Yepafontiv is a Costa Yepafontiv production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Post-production, mixing, and editing by Mike Franklin. Want to know more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafontiv.com. We're better together.